Hi, this is Drew Erickson back again talking about money, not math, because I believe most people love money without realizing how often it doesn't work the same way as math. And it's my goal to bring you value around this conversation of money. So before I get into the, the conversation I'm going to have today, I first want to just mention, wow, what, what, what a crazy last what I don't know, week or so we've had as Minnesota sports fans, um, anywhere from you know the wild rumors of trades because they're going up and down faster than a roller coaster to the Timberwolves massive, probably, I don't even, I'm not an NBA genius by any means or even a historian but of the NBA, but I think it's one of the biggest uh, team turnaround trade situations ever happened at the trade deadline with like eight people traded from a however large NBA rosters are 12 people. Um, and then the Twins, as we all know, the Kenta Maeda trade, non-trade, potentially trade again. It's been crazy, but awesome if you're a, if you're a Minnesota sports fan like myself. So plus the Gophers have been red hot, Gopher hockey team has been red hot. Minus dropping uh, on Sunday to our Saturday, Michigan. So overall, I'm excited about sports, but let's get into money, not math conversation. Uh, today, I am talking about retirement planning tips for five years, two years, and one year before retirement from cleveland.com. So as always, I'll include the uh, link to the article, and I'll try to make this as impactful as possible without reading the whole article because that might take a little bit, a little while and be boring to listen to. So first and foremost, they say, you know, like I said, the title is retirement planning tips for five years, two years, and one year before retirement. I'll just preface by saying uh, they make a lot of very good points, but I would argue that most of their points apply to everyone, including those who aren't five, two, or one years from retirement. All right, so they start off by saying in a perfect world, people would start developing, re developing a retirement plan or at least start saving in their 20s. All right, so I'll say that again, in a perfect world, people would start developing a retirement plan or at least start saving in their 20s. And the reason why, um, you know, just be, besides the fact that the earlier you plan, the easier it is, is the power of compounding over time. All right, so I'm gonna share my screen here just to give you a quick example of what I mean by that. Um, but the power of compounding over time is one of the most uh, amazing and powerful tools we have, but it's also the most one of the most impactful and things that we can miss out on if we aren't planning accordingly. All right, so as you can see here, uh, I already did the math. If you wanna check my math, feel free. Or if you really want me to show you sometime how I got the math, let me know. But basically here's an example of if you're assuming if you're saving $10,000 per year and that, that $10,000 we're saving is growing at 5% actual rate of return each year. Now be, I'm not gonna get into it in this conversation, but please keep in mind, there's a very, very, very big difference between actual and average rates of return, all right? A lot of people like to use historical average rates of return to project future actual rates of return, and that's just not accurate and really unfair to anyone that they're showing it to. So be, if you're be very clear on the difference between actual versus average rate of return, average is this, right? What's the average over time? Actual is a straight line. It's the same every year, no matter what, it doesn't go down, all right? So in, in over 10 years, you're, you're, uh, you're gonna have $100,000 saved and that hundred thousand dollars will grow to 132 giving us thirty two thousand dollars of growth in 20 years you have two hundred thousand dollars saved grow it which will grow to three hundred forty seven thousand dollars hundred forty seven thousand dollars of growth right one hundred fifteen thousand more growth than the first 10 years in 30 years we're gonna have three hundred thousand dollars saved growing to six hundred ninety eight thousand which is three hundred ninety eight thousand dollars of growth again quick math that's over a hundred that's about one hundred fifty thousand fifty one thousand dollars uh, more growth in the first 20 years combined, right? That's got art. Yes, I think I said that backwards, but the point is you can see it's doubled the first 20 years, right? 
So in 40 years, you have $400,000 saved total, which will grow to one point, almost $3 million, giving us $868,000 of total growth over those 40 years, right? You put in 400, grow, there's $868,000 of growth, add those together, that's the one point, almost $3 million. In the last 10 years alone, there's $470,000 of growth. That's just in the last 10 years. So in the first 30 years of saving, there's $398,000 of growth. In the last 10 years, there's 470, right? So hopefully that just gives you a good impression of how important the compounding curve is and how it accelerates over time, right? And the longer it goes, the more it acceler faster it accelerates. Some people call it a hockey stick, kind of flat for a long time and all of a sudden it takes off, all right? On the other, on the flip side, uh, many people because of life events or because of false information or because of just their own personal beliefs or priorities, they try to get through life and they'll say, I'll catch up on my retirement saving after I pay off my debts or after I send my kid to college or after I get the new job or the new car or the new whatever. They often like to push it off thinking I'll catch up. And in fact, our government even has the encouragement catch up clauses within their 401k savings and IRA savings, allowing you to save more later in later years than you can earlier years, which is again, completely backwards of how compounding works. So here's the example. If you save, the same, if you save now $40,000 a year at the same assumed 5% actual rate of return, it's the same $400,000 saved, but now your $400,000 only grows to $528,000, which is only $128,000 of total growth, which is $740,000 of less growth than the person who saved for 40 years. All right, so the exact same input of $400,000 over 30 years less time equals $740,000 less dollars in your account. All right, so that is the importance of compounding over time that I hope helps you prioritize and value your planning. All right, so now getting back to, um, getting back to the article I was reading. All right, so I'm um, getting back here. We're gonna talk about the five things. So. Five years before retirement, there they talk about how being five years from retirement, a lot of times they go through a bunch of different ideas about um, you know saving like crazy, paying down debt, all this kind of stuff. A lot of times, as we get closer to retirement, people start realizing how important it is to save for retirement, and unfortunately for them, they've lost the power of compounding. So again, like I said, they talk about five, two, and one years before retirement. I highly recommend almost everything they say as early as possible. All right, so. The first thing they recommend, add up all of your assets and liabilities, Myra said, but don't count the value of your home or the amount owed on the home yet. Subtract the liabilities from assets. This is how much of you have as a nest egg in retirement. All right, so your assets are anything that's worth money if you sold it. Your liabilities are all your debts that you still owe someone, whether it's a bank or a credit card company or whatever. All right, so you take all your assets, subtract all your debts, and what do you have left? That's your nest egg. Now, keep in mind, what's more important, how much your nest egg is worth or how much it pays you, right? What's more important, how much your business or your company is worth or how much they pay you, right? So that's one portion to understand what your nest egg is, but it's really a lot more important to understand what the nest egg is gonna pay you and how, and how it's gonna be affected by taxes, how it's gonna be affected by market fluctuations and so on and so forth, all right? Number two, craft a spending plan. Calculate how much you're spending now each month. Include any mortgage payment, Myra said, People should assume they will spend just as much in retirement as they do now, given inflation and more time to spend, said Snow, 
who is also a certified investment management analyst and certified public accountant. All right, so inflation is another one of those things that I would put right near the top with, with um, future tax changes and market fluctuations, inflation. Those are, maybe I'm missing something, but three of the most important and often overlooked aspects of retirement income planning that we have to take into account, right? Almost nothing today outside of smart screen TVs and some technology, almost nothing today like bread or just normal consumer products, gas costs less than it did 30 years ago, right? So just using the rule of 72, if we assume 3% inflation every 24 years, everything we buy, generally speaking, is gonna double in price. So if you live in retirement for 24 years, your day-to-day -day activities and your day-to-day -day food costs are gonna be doubled in 24, in double 24 years after you started your retirement. So your retirement income planning should reflect that. All right, not to mention Medicare costs increase and all that kind of stuff. Number three, determine the income you expect in retirement from social security, pensions, and investments. You'll need to consider inflation, your life expectancy, investment volatility, and potential long-term care. Um, excuse me. Keep in mind, long-term care insurance is getting harder and harder to find, and the longer you wait, the harder and harder it is to get approved for or be able to afford, right? Because long-term care insurance is based off your health um, today and your age today. So the older you are and the less healthy you are, the more expensive it is to attain. If you're much younger when you get it, it's going to be a lot cheaper to have, all right? If your income exceeds your spending, then you can afford to retire, he says. All right, so moving on, and I'm a firm believer that I, I, I believe in planning not to decrease your income in retirement, because why would we want to do that? It's better to have more money than we need than not enough. All right, um, two years before retirement, run your income versus spending numbers again. If they're still off and you own your home, you may want to consider downsizing. It, if you have a $300,000 home with a $200,000 mortgage, consider selling your home and buying a $175,000 home for cash. You eliminate your mortgage payment while also reducing your property taxes and utilities. You can redo the math to see whether this solves your, mortgage sh your shortage. Now, a little pushback on this. I'm not saying he's wrong, but something to consider is your mortgage debt is the cheapest money you're ever going to, or cheapest debt you're ever going to have, more than likely, unless you get a 0% interest somewhere. So is it more valuable to put, to buy a $175,000 home with cash? or put 20% down and take the rest of it to invest into, into some sort of income producing vehicle, right? And whether you do or don't know the answer, it's a question to think about and potentially have a conversation with whoever your trusted advisor is, all right? Number two, because oftentimes we don't wanna lock up too much equity in our home because it's, it's not very liquid or flexible. And, it, and your home equity and value is dependent on the market. You don't have a whole lot of control. So number two, look hard at your lifestyle and make some changes. Consider how you can reduce your spending, cut out vacations, go down to one car, eliminate your cable, cut back on eating out at restaurants. All right, I'm sorry, but he basically just described the opposite of what I want my retirement to look like. When I retire, I want to enjoy retirement. I want to go on vacations. I want to spend time with my family. I want to go out to eat. So if you have, or if you're having to cut all these things, that's likely means you didn't, you weren't, you were unable to prepare the way you wanted to, which is why, again, I strongly encourage you to start earlier rather than later when it comes to building your wealth accumulation and retirement income plan. You may, may also be able to restructure your mortgage to make your monthly cash flow work. One option uh, that's often, uh, that can be valuable in the right circumstances of reverse mortgages, which is when a mortgage company essentially pays you to live in your house 
so that but so that when you're no longer able to live there anymore, whether you're passed away or incapacitated, they own the house instead of you. But at least you get more cash flow, and I, I believe it's tax free. Number four, finances aside, this is a good time. Take stock of your home and evaluate whether you can safely age in place or prefer a smaller, safer, and possibly lower cost floor plan. This would also be a good time to consider consultation with a financial planner to confirm you're on target for retirement. So I don't know, maybe I'm misinterpreting here, but I think if you're waiting until two years before retirement to, to finally consult a financial planner, you're gonna make it a lot harder for yourself, right? I like, I like the phrase that popped in my head, maybe it's a terrible example, is the larger the boat or ship, the slower it turns. Well, if you spend your whole career only focused on accumulating assets, right? Let's say you're just only throwing all your money in your 401k. And yes, I know you have a 401k advisor that advises you on your 401k options, but are they truly planning outside the 401k? And then you wait until you're two years before retirement to now look at what your options are to turn all those assets into income. It's gonna be a lot harder to make a, the proper and necessary adjustments than if you do it way earlier than two years beforehand. In my opinion, as early as possible. The more like, the more you understand about how you're gonna create income in retirement, the better you can place your investments today, in my opinion, all right? So it's time to dig deep and give it all you, you've got in terms of saving, debt repayment, planning, da-da-da-da-da, all the kind of catch-up stuff, which again is hard because you don't have the power of company anymore. One year before retirement, if you find you have enough savings and resources, you may want to consider toning down your exposure to stocks so that all your money isn't vulnerable in the event of a big market downturn but you need to avoid being too conservative. You may need some growth to make sure your money lasts 20 to 30 years while keeping up with inflation. All right, so what they're basically getting at here is, do you have all your eggs in the same basket? Are all, is all of your retirement, wealth accumulation, and income assets dependent on the stock market? All right, if it is, keep in mind, if the market goes down, your all your retirement assets are down. Not very much flexibility, and now you got some tough decisions to make. So how are you diversifying not only where you're putting your money in, but how you're gonna be able to pull your money out in retirement, both from a tax perspective, from a market perspective, from a fluctuation and liquidity and all this different stuff. How are you diversifying and decreasing your risk while also maintaining the ability to continue living for 20 to 30 years without running out of money? All right, so he talks about his, his clients specifically, um, but basically just continuing on the biggest thing they, they finish with is make sure that your uh, pre-retirement cash flow is it, it can keep up with what you had before you retired because oftentimes um, expenses will go up even if your lifestyle goes down a little bit. So two, make sure your safety nets are intact, right? Just like I would argue you should always be aware of or not, you know, in a perfect world, right? We're not all perfect. I know I'm certainly not. In a perfect world, we'd always have three to six months expenses in a safety net savings, rainy day fund, whatever you want to call it. Um, and basically what he's saying is that entering retirement, you still want to have that. And it's very important to have it. Uh, it's also important to understand how your Medicare is going to work, how, what parts you're going to need, how you're going to pay for it, how's your, how's your retirement accounts going to affect your Medicare costs and your Social Security costs, things like that. So overall, a lot of things to think about, a lot of things to talk about. I, I Hopefully at least one thing I said today in this conversation brings you value. Please let me know what you think by reaching out and let me know. Or if you like the video or conversation or the podcast, uh, best thing you, or best biggest compliment I can receive is if you re, you show it to a friend or someone you care about. So.
Thanks again for taking the time to have a conversation or listen to our conversation with me today. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.